Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are in the world. Hi. Hi. Oh, that sounds hard, but I sound like a frog. I got sinus infection. I'm Belanda. And I'm Tariq. And you're listening to the Jacksons Take Five. So we are excited about the upcoming months ahead, particularly because it's almost February. Yeah, that's the month of love. The month of love. And then after February is March. Which is our anniversary. Which is our anniversary. And then April, which is my birthday. Yes, it is. And then May, which is Mother's Day. Oh, Lord. So two months in a row for things of just you. About me. Hey. You. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and really just, you know, Easter time is coming and then a change of season of this crappy weather. It's been cold, cold. It's been, it's cold, cold now. That's the kind of cold weather that make you want to slap somebody. I've left work today and literally I just wanted to choke somebody. <laughs> and my coworker walking around with no jacket. I just wanted to drop kick Stop. Him. No jacket. And he just embraced it. He's like, ah. I want to drop kick you right now. That's what I want to do. WWF, not WWE, WWF style. (laughs) But most importantly, this is a special year for us. Um, Before I say why, I want to first start by saying that we love the Lord. Absolutely. We try to live for him and do our best to represent him and to spread our own little personal experiences of all the many things that he's capable of. And we also read our Bible a lot. Well, yes. I do. Oh, I read. I read my devotions, amen. I just don't pick, you know, Bible verses and or just start from Genesis. But I do read my devotions, amen. Thank you. No judgment. No judgment. We pray often. Um, we fast when we need to. So needless to say, we've learned a lot about God and all of the many ways that he presents himself to us. Amen. And a long time ago we discovered the significance of the number seven in the bible mm-hmm. uh for all my bible connoisseurs you know that throughout the bible god often gives um symbolic significance to uh, mundane concepts for example in the book of genesis when god made the rainbow he used that as a sign of his promise to noah and by extension to all mankind that he wouldn't flood the whole earth by water again. Amen. And then in the book of Numbers, God used bread as a representation of his presence with his people of the gift of eternal life. So the rainbow and the bread are obvious symbols in the scripture. Some of the less obvious meanings seem to be attached to some numbers in the Bible. Right. Yes. Especially yes. the number, number seven. seven. <laughs> and number seven is very special. Yes, it is. It, it, it represents the number of completeness That's and achievement. Right. Many of the spectacular and miraculous things that God has done has something to do with the number seven being attached to it. Like him creating the world in seven days. Seven days. Um, and then if, if, if you actually look, you'll see, well, do your Google research, not like look through the whole Bible. Hey man, but give credit to Google. Give credit to Google. <laughs> the number seven. Google says that the, I'll say Google says, because this right. wasn't something that I, that I, I, I figured out on my own. Google, so. Yes. But I read that the number seven is used in the Bible more than 700 times. Ooh. And the Bible was originally, originally 
divided into seven major divisions. You have the law, the prophets, the Psalms, the gospels and the acts, the general epistles, and then the epistles of Paul, and then the book of Revelation. And right at the start of the Bible, like Tariq said, the number seven is identified with something being finished and complete because God created the world in six days. And on the seventh day, day, he looked around and what was your favorite word about that? God looked around and said what? (laughs) It is is good. It is good. (laughs) It is good. It's good. (laughs) And he saw that, that everything was good and perfect. So he rested. And from that point on, that association with seven continues as you read on, you know, to see how the number seven is involved in completeness and divine perfection. Naaman, the leper, dipped himself in the water seven times Come and on he was now. healed of his infirmities. In the book of Exodus, we see the command for animals to be at least seven days old before being used for sacrifices. And in the book of Second Kings, we learned about Joshua, who mm-hmm. marched around the wall That's of Jericho. That's one of my favorite. That's yeah. one of my favorite. Marched around the wall of Jericho for seven days. And then on the seventh day, he was told to make seven circuits and then for seven priests to blow seven trumpets outside the city walls. And they yelled. <laughs> and then the walls just went down. That's my favorite part of that, that story. I think it was the harlot that was on the wall. That was your favorite story. There <laughs> you go, see? Sister Ray. Anyway, Ray. back. <laughs> Remember the story of anyway, Rahab? back to seven. Wait, wait, wait. Remember the story of Rahab? And yeah. our old pastor called her Sister Ray Ray. Sister Ray Ray. <laughs> Listen, everybody has a purpose in life. And God chooses who wants to choose. Sister Ray Ray. <laughs> anyway, anyway. it was So basically, the number seven was a it was a signification that a divine mandate had been fulfilled and in the book of revelation there are seven letters to seven churches in asia and seven spirits before god's throne and then there are seven golden lampstands and seven stars in god's right hand and the seven seals of his judgment and seven angels with seven it's seven seven seven, seven. yes a lot of seven a lot of seven I'm and getting confused but listen but but look you know, sometimes I do think that we can get too deep into things and that sometimes a seven is just a seven. Right. But I also believe that in our situation, God has been communicating the idea of divine completeness and perfection and wholeness. What do I mean? All of our children were born in July, the seventh month That's right. of the year. Mm-hmm. And it was not something that we planned. It was actually something that we planned against. After uh, Junior was born, I tried birth control for the first time. It was at uh, Next Next Planon, that little bar. Yeah, it went into your goes, wrist. Yeah, well, not your wrist, my your wrist. arm. Your yeah, arm, it goes so. into my arm. Yeah. And the goal was for it to stay in my arm for four years. But after the first year, it made me so sick mm-hmm. that I had to get it taken out. Yep. And when I got it taken out, I ended up getting pregnant about three months later. And my Ava baby was born on 7 7 14. You're going to make someone play the lottery tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Those are your lucky numbers tonight, seven, seven. <laughs> and my very best friend in the whole wide world, um, some years ago, she, she went into the hospital in optimal health for a procedure and something went gravely wrong due to the negligence of the doctors and it caused her to go brain dead. And she stayed in the hospital for almost four days. Mm. And in July, the seventh month, she passed away. And I remember her cell phone being given to her sister as a a keepsake and her sister tried to open it, but it was locked because she kept her phone locked. So they called T-Mobile to get the override code and 
when they called T-Mobile to get the code, um, her sister opened it. And when they charged the phone and opened it and turned it on, um, it said, accept what God allows. And nobody thought anything about it because, you know, Brianna was very spiritual. So it could have just been what she wanted to have on her phone when yeah. she first opened it. Yeah. But as her sister played around with it and looked through it, she found Brianna's calendar. And on July 20th, Brianna had written out surgery. And on July 21st, Brianna had written out kingdom. Wow. So she knew. Yep that she was not going to make That's it. That's a crazy relationship with God. It's a crazy relationship with God. And she knew where she was going all in the seventh month of the year. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> almost two years ago. It's been two years already. Uh, this, 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 this July will be two years. Um, my grandma, who was my mama, the heart of my life, she took me in when my mother had given me away and she tried to raise me like I was her daughter. And even after I moved out and went live in other places, I came to see her almost every single day. She was my first friend. She was the first woman to take me to church and introduce me to Jesus. And she loved me to death. Um, Not only did I go to church with her, but I always stayed at her house. I was always the one getting whooped and cussed out because I was bad. But but I (laughs) was her favorite. Yeah, but (laughs) I was still her favorite. My mom mom has 26 grandchildren wow. and you knew it when you walked in her house because you would see all the pictures everywhere. That's a lot of procreation. Yeah, but <laughs> I had my own wall. I had an entire wall of pictures just all to myself from the time I was born up until whatever moment I was at at that time. All of my degrees, my diploma. My my mom was at every graduation. She was around when I got married and when I had all of my children. When I moved out of Philadelphia and then farther away into Bucks County, I called her every single day since I couldn't go see her every single day. And at the time, there wasn't anything wrong with her health for me to go, you know, see her like that. You know, sometimes grandma's homes are just a place of comfort and solace. So sometimes I would just go over a house to get on her nerves because it was comfortable and eat up all her cookies and listen to her mm. cuss me out and tell me to get out. <laughs> and then you had your children eating up her cookies. Yes, and then I had my kids going over there. <laughs> and you can always hear the cookie jar. As soon as you hear that glass, she get out of my cookie jar. Get out of my cookies. Go home. I don't know why cookies taste better when they're stolen. <laughs> but she loves my children and she loves my husband. And I was so happy that I had such a heart, a genuine heart for my mom because she has five daughters and all but one of them came to see her on a daily basis. Uh, one of them lived three blocks up the road and only came over during the holidays. Another one lived down south. So, you know, That's she, yeah, like that was understandable, but she did call often. Yes. And then my mother, she lives in Arizona. She didn't call at all. Mm. And then the other one worked a lot, so she was never around. So none of their children ever came around. I was the only grandchild who was close, close. And I'll never forget the day when my grandma got sick. And I didn't even know it because my aunt came in and just took over. And none of them liked me. I didn't even, and, and so they just kind of kept me in the dark. And it hurt so bad. And they knew it did. So they continued to just keep me in the dark. And... 
I would call my grandma and they would answer the phone. I would go see her sometimes after church and every all of them would just be there. Already there. And, yeah, and I would try to ask her questions about her health. And my grandma really didn't understand what was going on with, with her health because she trusted my aunt to you know, talk to the doctors and to relay the correct information. And my aunt just kept telling everybody, she's healthy, she's fine, there's nothing wrong. But I knew my mom and yeah. I, I, I knew you had a, you had a feeling I had a feeling I, I knew something was wrong and as the months passed she just began to look sicker and sicker kept losing weight kept yeah. kept kept losing weight yeah. and I would go visit her and I, I said to myself one day I said she's got cancer I know it she's like something's wrong and over time she lost her mobility and she ended up in hospice at her house the same house that I grew up in yeah. that she used to kick me out of and stop touching my cookies. They moved her bed out and put the little hospital bed in there. She's a hospice. Mm -hmm. And it was so hurtful to see. And it was even more hurtful because I had no idea what was going on because I was always left in the dark. And my, my mom had opened up a bank account with my husband because Tariq is, 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 is a banker. So yes. he had you know, came, come to pick her up and brought her to his bank and opened it up for her some years ago. Yeah. And he gave her his direct number in case she had problems with it. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, when her kids took over, her money started coming up missing and mm -hmm. her account was being overdrafted and purchases. Now, mind you, my grandma's confined to a bed, but purchases were coming out bills of her account. Paid from her bills. Clothing stores, phone bills are being paid. It was horrifying to watch. And I just kept praying and saying, Lord, get my mom out of here. These people, just get her out of here. I hated to see her confined to a bed and all these people who never came around before, just just, just get her out of here. And finally, she ended up passing away just as peaceful and quaint in July. Yeah. Seventh year. That's right. Seventh month, I'm sorry. So <clears throat> seven has showed up in our marriage and... Uh, some of our most personal, intimate situations very, very often. And this year is... Our seventh year anniversary. Seventh year anniversary. Hey. And Junior will be seven, seven years, years old. old. And my mother-in-law in June, she will be turning... Seventy. Seventy. And wait, 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 wait. So oh, lately, I've been getting baby fever. Oh, <laughs> and I've been asking about another baby. Mm. And I've been telling Tariq for about four months now that I would love to have a set of identical twins. And I don't know where the feeling came from, but I just got this feeling. And you know what? It hit me the other day that if we had a set of twins, we would be a family of... This our year? It's not our year. No, it's not. This our year, honey. Five. <laughs> this is our year of increase. Amen. I'm speak increase of finances. <laughs> not children. Not twins. Well, so this year is excited. We are excited to see what this year is going to bring. Yes. Well, anyway, enough, enough uh, chit chat. Let's get in. 
to our relationship series. How exciting is that? I hope you guys are just as excited as we are. Yeah. Because yeah, we have been asked to do a relationship series for so long and it's finally happening. That's it. The world is longing to pick our brains and to dig into our relationship and take what they can to build on in their own situations. So we thought that it was fitting to start this relationship series with the most important, necessary, vital relationship that you can possibly have. And that is the relationship you have with yourself. Me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. Just being single. And this topic is important, not just for single people, but for married couples. Yes. And aspiring to be married couples. Yes. Because... If your relationship with yourself is unhealthy, then it's likely that your relationship with others will be unhealthy too. If you got anger as a single person, you got anger in your marriage. Come on, come on. <laughs> and so. that speaks volumes right now because right now the rates in which we divorce are up to 75%. Isn't that's, that something? That's ridiculous. Isn't that something? Mm. Everybody wants to get into relationships and to be loved and to find love, but somebody lying because 75% of us who try at love, we fail. Right. The question is why they getting married. We, but listen, we rush to get into relationships and then we rush to get out. Nobody wants to be single, but nobody can stay in a relationship. That's because of society. Society is against being single. Hey, yes. Could it be possible that a lot of single people get married without understanding the benefit of what a relationship really is. Yes. Could it be that we fall in love and commit ourselves to one another, expecting some kind of uh, performance-based relationship? Like sales. Yes, <laughs> i.e. the relationships we read about in fairy tales and romance novels or the ones that we see on social media and television shows. Could it be that we have these expectations and then when we get married and we have children and the relationships we have with our spouse and our children crumble because we never had any real idea of what a true relationship looked like. Yeah. Could it be possible? It could, it could be possible. Very possible. Why is it that we think the word single is a bad thing or a lonely thing? Seriously. Because people um, don't like to be alone. For we don't like, to be alone. don't like to be alone. But why? And why do we think that it's such a bad thing? You ever see somebody that you haven't seen in a long time? And y'all start talking and you try to catch up. And if they're 30 and over, we usually ask about kids and marriage. And what happens when they say, I'm not dating, I'm not married, and I don't have children? We think something wrong with them. First thing we think is, oh, they done missed the boat. There's something wrong with them. <laughs> wonder what's wrong with them. Something wrong with them. Ladies, if a 35-year-old man walked up to us, Morris Chestnut Fine, and he told us he was single, he didn't have any children, and he was interested in us. How many of us would have our guard up? Like, no, that's too good to be true. So I must be y'all wrong. Y'all think he was a woman beater from the lifetime. He was days. a woman beater. He was in prison. He must have had some sugar in his tank a while ago. And he just now coming to us. Or he must got some kind of crazy ex-girlfriend running around something. Mm -hmm. Because society thinks that it's not normal for us to be of a certain age and still be single. And everybody's rushing to find love. And they're failing. But they're failing because could it be possible that you didn't spend enough time with yourself when you were single? Yeah. Because, see, relationships and marriage don't work organically. They have to be fed. And, see, we come to this side of the relationship tracks not only not knowing how to feed people, but you can't even cook. <laughs> and 
No, I'm serious. And you know what? That person you're with don't know how to cook either. He was thinking maybe you could teach him. Yeah, yeah. So both of y'all come in here with these unmet expectations. And what usually ends up happening is that somebody starves to death emotionally. And then the other person goes off and finds another plate to eat from. Or he's a mac and cheese. Or I keep talking about food. It's obvious that I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, before we invite people and children into our personal space, let's make sure that it's a good space. Be prepared to feed that relationship. And you can't feed somebody from an empty plate. Singleness is not a curse. It's not a disease. It is a gift. Amen. And if it's nurtured properly, it will set you up to be blessed for the rest of your life. That's right. Tariq and I were knee deep into marriage when we realized that being single is probably the most important relationship outside of the foundational one that you have with the Lord. Absolutely. And it is one that so many of us take for granted. When you're single, you're free to pray and to seek the Lord for your future. You know, you, you have the freedom to go to school and to graduate and to go back to school. You can find yourself and learn how to love yourself for you, your flaws and all. You have time to travel the world and to learn the value of money and all the many things that are unique and enjoyable about you. And, you know, if you manage your singleness correctly, you have the time and energy to do things that matter people don't because the more people you have in your life the more they take from you absolutely I can't go out and play sports 24 hours a day or, no you can't because every time you have a child you have a piece of your affection your time your energy and your emotions that have to be given to them because they thrive off of your compassion you can't have a spouse and it not alter your life absolutely I was in three football leagues not um, no more. Yeah. Each child took one away. <laughs> Terrible. And I have to beg to get into a flag football tournament. Don't say you got to beg. I have to beg and plead. Because who going to watch the kids, Tariq? Not me. Listen. After I've been here with them all day, and it's expensive to hire a babysitter to watch three children and a disabled mother-in-law. That's work. And for me, I'm a doctoral candidate. I'm knee deep in my comprehensive exams. Aside from that, I have a book deadline to write and personal goals to meet. Last week, I started my exams. I'm sorry, not, not, not last week. Uh, three weeks ago, I started my exams and I looked down at uh, what it was calling for. It was calling for me to answer three questions in depth and the answers needed to be 12 to 17 mm. pages long. you to me. Yes, per question. <laughs> Listen. There got, were three questions. You got two pages of questions from me. And, and, and I had three weeks to do it. And I sat down to write. And I got an email from my editor saying, Hi, Miss Jackson. I'm ready to proofread your book. And I remember saying, Oh, my gosh. I forgot to read the book and send it in for editing. So I said, Okay. So I sat down at my computer and I said, Okay, I have the exams to write every day and then I have to make time to read and edit my book and, and then I have to do research for these questions. And before I could finish my thought, Judah climbed up into the snack cabinet and knocked down every bag, yes, every bag of potato chip he could find. And while I'm cleaning that up, my mother-in-law comes downstairs. I said, toilet has stopped up, I need help. 
And then I look at the time and it's 2.15 and I have to drop everything because I'm late picking up Ava. And then when I get home, I have to feed and entertain everybody and I have to cook dinner. And then by that time, Junior is home and he's Mm -hmm. gotten in trouble at school and I need to maintain my straight face so that I could chastise him. And then my husband calls from work with a funny joke that he wants me to hear. That you didn't laugh at. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember one day about... Two weeks ago, just going into an anxious, nervous shake and my heart was beating fast and I got super fatigued and tired and I had to drop everything and go to the emergency room because I thought it was something wrong with me. But the only thing that was wrong was I had a panic attack. That was on my day off too. Mm -hmm. Juggling a million things at once. Stress can do that to you. Trying to control it all, but just being controlled by it all. But... These are things that you have the ability and the freedom to do while you're single. When you're single, you can go to counseling. You can work out your anger issues or learn how to overcome your addictive behaviors. You know, yeah. most single people don't live. They wait. <laughs> Seriously, they wait like they want an important phone call that has them on hold with the elevator music. They go to work and they come home and just wait. You don't want to go to dinner if you don't have anybody to go with. You don't want to travel. You don't want to go see a movie. You just sit and wait. Well, I can agree with the travel part. I don't want to. Why would you travel to Paris alone? Why not? What are you waiting for? Listen. See? You another one that wait. Not to Paris. By myself? Yes. You you ain't going to Paris by yourself. I will go to Paris by myself in a heartbeat. If I were single. Why would I need to wait? But... The whole point is that while they're waiting, what happens is they, they get onto social media and you'll follow all of your favorite Insta couples and families. And then when that waiting, and then that waiting starts to become impatience or what's wrong with me? Why don't I have that? And then you check your age and you start paying attention to your, yes, you check your age and you start paying attention to your biological clock and you're like, oh my God, I'm 33 with no children and no husband and no potential. I'm going to die alone. What happened to learning to be whole as a single person? A lot of times we're in a hurry to get into a relationship because we think it can fill a void. We don't love us. So we expect somebody else to. We don't know how to make ourselves happy. So we assume that it's because we're single and we assume that maybe marriage will make me happy or children will make me happy. And can we spoil your movie before you watch it? It's not not going to happen. Not going to happen. Mm -hmm. When you walk into a relationship looking to be made whole, you come up short because nobody can complete you. That's right. They compliment you, but they cannot complete you. Preaching right now. I'm serious. Stepping on toes. Stepping on our own toes because it's something that we had to learn because it was something that we were guilty of. This is true. We had to learn to be whole all by ourselves. And be, being whole means that you are completely satisfied, comfortable, and ready for life with or without a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a fiance. If you come into any situation less than whole, you are deficit. And it's hard to couple with a deficit because you're incomplete. And so you cling to somebody too tight because you're looking for completion and you're looking for them to be able to do it. And you strangle the life out of them. And if both of y'all are incomplete, you strangle the life out of each other. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. And listen, many times we're inspired 
by stories of broken people who find love when they met their husband or their wife. Many people are inspired by, by Tariq and I's story. After I suffered abuse and abandonment, he looked like this, this knight that came and swept me off my feet. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and, you know, we found love and, we, and then we got married and then there's happiness. And it's like, oh, I want that. And we see a lot of stories like that on the internet, on television. But the issue is they only tell you the beginning and they tell you the end, but they fail to tell you the horrible middle. In the middle. Men and women alike, we love to be saviors. Men in general are, are protectors. Amen. And women, we're nurturers. So in retrospect, we all have our own versions of the way we save people and playing the hero. And we can carry people for a little while, but after a while, people get heavy. Like Judah. <laughs> yeah, he's a rock. Like Judah. Judah is the youngest. He is the most spoiled. And I love kissing on him just that's all my, day long. I just, I love kissing that's him, love guy. pinching his little fat cheeks and his dimples. And I love hugging him and carrying him around for a while. <laughs> that boy is dense. And after a while, I'm like, you want to get down. Just like his brother. Yes. And it's the same with us. You know, we might carry people in the moment of chivalry for a picture, but let the flash not work. <laughs> Let the camera not be able to take the picture and you got to go in and adjust. You don't stand there and hold them. After a while, it's like, boo, you're going to have to get down. You, <laughs> you heavy. No matter how strong you are, nobody can carry a person forever. Amen. Case in point, Tariq and I are complete opposites. And at the beginning of us dating each other, we had to use our strengths to carry each other in the areas where we were weak. Now compliment each other that we had to carry each other. Tariq is, is very patient and very humble. He loves to believe the best in people that I, I, I absolutely love that about him. He is the sweetest man thank in you. the whole entire world. Oh, thank you, baby. And I was the exact opposite. <laughs> I, I was impatient and short fused and would cuss you out. Which may be hard to believe now, but I was. And with V and I, well, actually, with V, we get in these situations. <laughs> oh, you just play? Yeah, when you get into these situations <laughs> with folks and ready to, to, to swing on them, I got to come in and stop and say, listen, she didn't mean it like that. You know, and he was so embarrassed. He would go, excuse oh, my wife. Yeah, excuse her. She didn't mean it that way. No. And I'd be in the background saying, I meant every mother. And when it comes to Tariq, he was such a good guy. Such? Well, not, no, no, no. I don't I'm mean, so that good guy now. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't mean it like that. I'm saying you are. Tariq has always been the best guy in the whole wide world. But at the time, he was a good guy in the midst of bad company. I was. Yeah, you were. Dealing with um, people that just would take advantage of my kindness with you know, talk trash about me. Cracking Tell my jokes. face. Cracking jokes. I was To make there. themselves feel better. Yep. And he would let them do it because in his mind, he's like, you know what? These are my friends. And even though I don't like how this feels, I'm going to just shut up and just let them do it because, hey, these are my boys. I and that's what friends. Yes. And that's what friends do. 
until I got sick of it. And then mm -hmm. I stepped in and let everybody have it. See, because they could get over on him and thought that he was less than and that he wasn't worth it to be respected. And so they assumed that, that since I was connected to him, that they could disrespect me. And they got that wrong. And one, <laughs> and one of them tried it one day. And I mean, I cussed that boy out so bad. He don't even, to this day, this happened six years ago. He don't even look my way when we're in the same room, if we're in the same room. I think he calls you Miss Jackson. He would call you by your first call name. Call me Miss Jackson. <laughs> if we all the same age. It's been years since that happened, and he's still scarred from it all. They all think I'm absolutely nuts. But you know what? After that, everybody stopped coming around to Reek because they knew they couldn't treat him like a dog and get away with it. But, you know, being each other's strength during weak moments, it worked for us for a while. But then it got too heavy. Yeah. And we got, we got sick of carrying each other. Yeah. One day I said, I said, I said, Tariq, I said, baby, you got to learn to speak up. I said, I know you got it in you. I know you're not a punk. I know that you're just good spirited and you don't want any altercations with anybody. But if you don't start demanding respect, you'll never get it. I yeah, said, that took time. It took time. And I said, you know, I love you, but I want you to be my protector, not the other way around. I don't mind protecting you because at the end of the day, we were friends first. So when something happens, bunk all of the husband and wife stuff, we jump people. I, and yeah, we do. I don't care who you are. We'll but at the, <laughs> I love you. We have children involved. I don't want to be the strength and the blunt force in our marriage all the time. You know, you have to step up. You have to. And Tariq looked at me and he was honest. And he said, you know what, Valanda? You are a pistol. <laughs> he said, that's ugly to me. That's not attractive. No, it's not. <laughs> you can't be thug life all the time. He not told all me. All the time. I would never forget these words because I was so offended by them at first and it took me some time to realize that he was telling the truth the truth first he said I liked you and I fell in love with you because you were a woman and I want you to act like a lady not a man in a dress yes <laughs> he said you got a mouth like a machine gun and you're rough and you're hard and I don't want that no. I don't want to feel like I'm sleeping with a man you're always so independent. He said, where is there room for me? And that hurt. In the same way, having, having his wife or his girlfriend or his fiance at the time telling him that he needed to step up and be a man, mm -hmm. that hurt his ego. Yes, it did. But him telling me that I was being too manly and that I needed to know my place, that hurt too. And, you know, we had to learn to fix ourselves and go through our own individual counseling. Yes. Situation like this didn't call for marital counseling. It didn't call for some kind of dating counseling to fix what's wrong with the relationship. It calls for us to go to individual counselors. To work on ourselves. Fix, yes. Yeah. And once we learn to be whole, you know what happened to our relationship? Our relationship became whole. That's right. We didn't have those issues anymore. Tariq is a lion. He's always been, but it took for him to figure that out. 
Tariq is, 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 is soft-spoken when he needs to be, but he has a certain aura about him that demands respect to the point where he doesn't even have to say it. Amen. I don't. <laughs> Look at your smile. I can't with you. You just know when I walk in the room. Put some respect on it. And all of those, all those old friends that abused him to make themselves feel better are still sitting in the same old place. Mm -hmm. Just faces in the crowd. And Tariq doesn't walk around with this big macho-ness and I'm a big and bad kind of guy, but if you rub him the wrong way, you will see a side of him that puts my temper to shame. And you know, a long time ago, I threw away my femininity. A lot of women have, and we don't even realize it. We have these alpha personalities now that say, I'm independent and I don't need you. We bark like men. We're rough like men. Mm -hmm. Our mouths are horrible. We just always have to let everybody know how we feel. We, I don't need no man in my life. I don't have no man in your life. You always gonna be alone. <laughs> I'm serious. That's how I would be. I would go, you know what, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to say what I want to say. And if they don't like it, they could go. And you'll be alone. Too. And they sure will. You'll go. You'll be alone. Bye. You'll be alone. And, you know, I had to learn that while it's okay to be strong, that I don't need to have the strength of a man to do it. You know, this is the finest hour. The finest hour. 2019, this is the finest hour to be alive and to be a woman. And I've learned to put the beauty and the power of a woman on display. I'm not a bulldog in a dress and I don't have to copy a man to walk in authority. Amen. I learned to walk in femininity and I've learned to discover the beauty in it. And I love it. But these are all things that we had to work through individually. And had we learned this in our singleness, marriage would have been a lot smoother so yes the beginning of our love story would have not been so rough yes because we climbed the rough side of the mountain <laughs> and singleness is a gift some of you are single and some of you are single again and if you think being single is rough try being single again because <laughs> you feel like you you fail it's like oh god again. i'm back here again so it's always good to make good use of the time while you're in this season of your life. Amen. And while you're in this space, this single space, stop looking at the clock and the date. Embrace your season. And most importantly, guard your heart. Because what happens is when we're single and we're unhappy about it, then we get vulnerable and we yeah. start allowing anybody in. Yeah. And yes. And, and honey, I've learned to pray a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Lord. Lord, because we all have vulnerable moments in our lives. That's right. And I said, Lord, I want whatever it is that you want me to have. Let me be led by my emotions. Yes, I want your will and your purpose for my life. Not my will and yes. my purpose. Amen. Let me learn to be content with where I am in my life. Because the minute you get lonely, you get desperate. And the devil said, I got you. And here comes a womanizer. Yep. Here comes a gold digger, the abuser, the man you got to raise, the whore you try to turn into a housewife. And what's crazy is that you go accepting these things. And now you're Facebook official and you're filled as it relates to the space of having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. But now you're robbed of your peace and your joy and your mind and your body and your sanity. Guard your heart. You be vulnerable, but you don't be silly. 
The Bible says to be sober, be vigilant because the devil is walking around here like a roaring lion waiting for the chance to trip you up. And when the devil comes, he don't come dressed in a cape and pointy horns. No, it's not that obvious. Like he, what you like. Yes, he yeah. comes dressed like your wildest dreams and your mm -hmm. fantasies and your desires. I actually wrote a fictional book about this. It'll be out sometime this year. Yep. But, shout out to the book. but when we're drunk in love, when we allow our heart to be carried away by every compliment and smile, we get ourselves into trouble and we end up losing more than we think we gained. So while you're single and you're learning to become whole, you know what you're looking for. Yes. You know what you want in a man or a woman. Now, we don't want to set those standards so high to where nobody can reach them. Hey, man, he got to have a doctorate degree and make a hundred K. Yes. We don't, we don't want to perfect somebody, but we want somebody made for us. I, I, if we're 25 and single and we have a good job and a car and a promising career and we're debt free and, and you know, we love traveling the world. We're not going to settle for man, man from the hood with five baby mamas and no job living in the basement of his apartment. But if we're not careful, man, man, to start looking like a doctor, mm -hmm. you'd be surprised what we willing to settle for when we're desperate. And another thing is while we're single, who are we being influenced by? Here we go. Your circle of friends are important. What you're doing with your time in this season is important. I learned this person the hard way. <laughs> Me too. Are you learning to be cultured and open to new things? Or are you still stuck in the same mindset you had when you were 15? What friends are you hanging around? Do these people add value to your life? Yes, man. Video games and women is not all about life. Please. That's not all that comes to life. Yes. Are you at the club every weekend twerking and drinking your life away? Can you cook? <laughs> and we ain't talking about no hamburger help either. No. Can you cook? Are you saving your money? Are you trying to get out of the debt that your immature former or current self is in? Mm -hmm. Or are you wearing what you should be saving to impress people? These things are important. Is your car more expensive than your apartment? Yes. You got on Louboutins, but you're waiting for the bus. Are you out having all kinds of sex because you have condoms and you think it's safe sex, but in reality, it's not as safe as you may think because while you may not catch an STD, I promise you'll catch a soul tie mm -hmm. and that soul tie will lie dormant and undetected and it'll wait until you're good and married or happy and in love and it'll manifest and wreak havoc over every good thing in your life. That's another podcast. That's another podcast. Another podcast. Yeah, that's another podcast. So, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. In closing, let me calm down. In closing, the relationships that we have with other people often reflect the relationships we have with ourselves. So it's important to invest in yourself. Stop rushing to get into something that everybody is trying to get out of. Yes. Tread lightly. Yes. Before you think to come into this side. It's beautiful here, mm -hmm. but make sure you're prepared over there. Being single has become such a disease that everybody's trying to get rid of. But I want to challenge you to reframe what it really means to be alone. God bless you. God bless you all.